When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you're listening to episode 409 of Sustainable Minimalists, a show about intentional and eco-friendly minimalist living. On today's show, we are breaking down everything, and I mean absolutely everything, you need to know about deodorant. Oh, yes, we are. We're doing it. I am going to shock you with all the interesting facts I have about armpits and aromas and smells. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to blow your mind. Listener Julie wrote to me, and she asked that I cover this topic, and I thought to myself, heck yes, it's been a while since we've done one of these down and dirty conscious consumer episodes. We've done it for laundry detergent. We've done it for trash bags. We've done it for chocolate. Gosh, we've done these episodes for so many things. I'll link to them in the show notes. But how can we buy better? We're all buying these things. How can we buy them with more intention? And so today's show is all about buying deodorant like an informed consumer. And good thing we're doing this on the show today because it's estimated that the global deodorant market is valued at more than $25 billion. That tells me that we're all buying deodorant and we're buying lots of it. Now, many articles, many influencers warn that the ingredients in traditional deodorants and antiperspirants are toxic, or they can kill off the good bacteria in your armpits, or they can give you cancer or Alzheimer's. And so while everybody else is listening to their true crime podcasts and they're getting their entertainment in, You can feel good today knowing that even though you are, yes, listening to a podcast all about deodorant, you're getting your education, you're learning something, and dare I say, you're going to learn something important. My goal today is that I give you all the knowledge and the tools and the tricks you need to go boldly forth into that deodorant aisle and shop for this product like a boss. Now, let's start today by talking about smell. Let's talk about armpits. Let's talk about natural aromas. Your natural aroma is made up of many things. It's made up of your diet. It's made up of your genetic makeup. And the main source of your natural aroma is your aprocrine sweat glands. Each of your armpits contain 50,000 aprocrine sweat glands. The average human, by the way, another fun fact, produces a liter of sweat every single day. Now your sweat, your sweat does not smell. Your sweat is just made up of water and various salts or electrolytes. Body odor, however, which often comes from the armpits, is the result 
of microorganisms that are living on your skin, much of it bacteria, getting mixed with sweat. Let's do a little rudimentary math problem. Sweat, which is water and salt, plus microorganisms, aka bacteria. So sweat plus bacteria equals an odor. Now let's add in on that very rudimentary math problem. So we got sweat, water and salt, plus microorganisms, plus hair, equals a more lasting odor. And that's because more of that sweat and bacteria mixture when you have hair is exposed to the air. So more of it's exposed to the air. This helps spread the odor further and faster. Now, sweating, this is a natural bodily process. Humans, by the way, are not alone in the smelling. Many animals have some serious body odor as well, and it's not a bad thing for them. It helps them mark out territory. It helps them repel enemies. It helps them, most importantly, attract mates, enter pheromones. We're going to talk about pheromones in a little bit. And so evolutionarily, smelling strongly may have helped us humans Mark our territory, find mates, keep enemies away, right? We evolved to sweat and smell a little bit. But now in 2023, having that strong scent is not desired, right? Nobody wants to be the smelly person. And so enter soap. We wash away these microorganisms, this bacteria, with soap. However, now pay attention here. Soap intensifies our natural aroma, and that's because our skin tends to be slightly acidic, and soap is alkaline. And so when we use soap frequently, what we're doing is, yes, short-term, we're getting rid of these microorganisms, but long-term, we're encouraging more alkaline numbing bacteria to flock to us. So more soap, again, another rudimentary math problem, more soap equals the production of more bacteria over time. So we entered soap to the equation. Now let's enter deodorant. Deodorant masks odor. It covers it up. Humans have happily been using naturally occurring deodorizing salts for thousands of years. Now let's add in the cosmetic industry. Enter the cosmetic industry. Of course, this industry sought to capitalize aka make a boatload of money off of these deodorizing salts and make them, again, even more marketable by inserting antiperspirants. Antiperspirants were first invented in the 1940s, and they block sweat glands and reduce the amount that you sweat. These days, there's also in these deodorant and antiperspirant mixes, there's also a fragrance added to not just make us not smell bad, but also to make us smell a little bit pleasant. It is not hard to see how easy it was and continues to be for cosmetic companies to sell us on the fact that we need an antiperspirant and deodorant mix, right? Because again, no one wants to be the smelly person in the room. Nobody wants to be the smelly person in this modern age that we find ourselves in. And so in this case, we likely need no convincing, right? We need this product. The cosmetic industry inserted this product onto our store shelves and into our lives seamlessly, quietly, and it seemingly and quietly has fixed our smelling problem. Or has it? So let's just get technical for a minute and make sure we're all on the same page. 
Deodorants reduce odor, so they cover up the smell, while antiperspirants decrease sweating. So I'm going to say that another way. While deodorants target odors, antiperspirants contain some sort of thing. It's almost always an aluminum salt. We'll talk about aluminum in a minute to prevent our sweat glands from releasing sweat. Deodorants and antiperspirants are available separately or as a combination, so a two-in-one type deal. The modern antiperspirant contains an active ingredient, which again is almost always an aluminum compound to reduce the amount you sweat. So how does this work? Let's get a little bit deeper into what exactly the aluminum is doing because it's going to be important in about five minutes. Aluminum reacts with the electrolytes in your sweat to create this thick gel. The thick gel then blocks the sweat glands from producing sweat, and it also causes your pores to contract, which means that the sweat you do have has a smaller opening with which to be released out into the air. Now, there have been health scares about aluminum. Maybe you've heard some of them. Antiperspirant was briefly banned in the 1970s, which is huge, right? America never bans anything. We have such lax laws with regards to product safety, and yet we banned antiperspirants in the 70s. The banning was due to concerns over inhaling the antiperspirants, and these days the concerns about antiperspirants have to do with breast cancer and Alzheimer's. We'll talk about that in a minute as well. But interesting fact, according to the FDA, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, deodorants are intended to rid the skin of odors, and so they're considered to be a cosmetic. It's a cosmetic product, whereas antiperspirants, which affect the fundamental functioning of the human body, in this case, the sweating, antiperspirants by the FDA are classified as drugs. So deodorants are cosmetics, antiperspirants are drugs. And here in America, over-the-counter drugs, such as antiperspirants, are regulated by the FDA, even though the FDA notoriously has very lax regulations, whereas cosmetic products, like deodorants, do not require FDA approval or regulation. Now let's get into the elephant in the room. Let's talk about it, aluminum. Antiperspirants contain some sort of aluminum, aluminum zirconium, aluminum chlorohydrate, aluminum chloride. The aluminum is what reduces sweat by plugging the sweat ducts and preventing sweat from rising to the surface of the body. Now, this may make your spidey sense go off, right? Wait a minute, this doesn't sound right. We're messing with our body's natural process of creating and releasing and excreting sweat. Let's not forget that we sweat for a reason. We sweat to cool our bodies down. There's a purpose to sweat. And so scientists have questioned whether aluminum prevents the release of toxins, right? Sweating is also a way in which we get toxins out of our body. What are the lasting effects of that? There have also been concerns that aluminum leads to breast cancer, especially, you know, because you're putting antiperspirant on your underarm next to the breast. Perhaps there's a connection between aluminum and breast cancer. Perhaps there's also a connection between aluminum and Alzheimer's. Decades-old research found that Alzheimer patients' brains had high levels of aluminum. This suggested that 
the metal, perhaps not only from antiperspirants, but also from other personal care and household products, pots and pans, perhaps, could be a potential risk factor for being diagnosed with Alzheimer's. So let's talk about breast cancer, and then we'll talk about Alzheimer's. The connection, the supposed connection, I should say, between aluminum and breast cancer originated in the 1990s from an email chain letter. Remember email chain letters? What happened to those? Oh my gosh, (laughs) that brings me back to my high school days. But this supposed connection originated via a chain letter in the 90s, and it stuck around. The theory claimed that because toxins were prevented from leaving the body, they built up in the lymph nodes below the arms, causing cell mutations and, yes, breast cancer. However, according to the National Cancer Institute, no scientific evidence, this is a direct quote, no scientific evidence links the use of these products to the development of breast cancer. According to the American Cancer Society, now this is also a direct quote. While the research on this topic is limited, most studies have not found a link between antiperspirant use and the development of breast cancer, end quote. And so the interesting word in the second quote that I read to you is the word most. Most studies have not found a link. There are indeed clinical studies that show a disproportionately high incidence of breast cancer when antiperspirants are topically applied to the underarm. However, these days, the consensus in the scientific community is that these clinical studies were not of high quality. They weren't well-done studies, let's say. And so these results are far from definitive. So if you're operating under the assumption that aluminum causes breast cancer, know that there is no clinical research study that definitively says that that's the case. So that's breast cancer. Now let's talk about Alzheimer's. Again, as I just mentioned, old research found that Alzheimer's patients' brains had high levels of aluminum. Does aluminum cause Alzheimer's? Scientists regard any evidence to support that claim poor quality. And to go a step further, the whole idea of this causal relationship between aluminum and Alzheimer's in the medical community has largely been abandoned. Now, aluminum is not benign. If you have a kidney disorder, you're not able to filter out aluminum as well. And so you may see warnings that individuals with impaired kidney function should indeed avoid aluminum. So we're going to talk about aluminum a little bit later when I give you my tips and tricks for buying like a boss. But let's take a quick break and we're going to get into the natural deodorant movement, what it is, whether it's healthier, whether it's better for you. We're going to get into all of that after a quick sponsor break. Hello, Sustainable Minimalist listeners. Are you committed to living a greener and simpler life? Well, meet Home Threads, your ally in more sustainable and minimalist home decor. As the total destination for decor and furniture, Home Threads helps you define your minimalist lifestyle 
while respecting the planet. Discover their exclusive Haven collection. They use many sustainable materials without compromising on style. And here's the best part. Home Threads always has the best value. It was time. After nine years of living in our home, it was time to replace our outdoor furniture. And my husband and I, we went to Home Threads. We have a Home Threads patio umbrella and a new bench. And oh my goodness, we are so in love. Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com slash sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com slash sustainable. Love where you live. So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items and yet somehow we still have nothing to wear. Well, upgrading to high quality and affordable pieces from Quince when you need them is a game changer. They offer organic cotton sweaters and washable silk tops. My 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters are my go-to. Not only are they affordable, but the quality is top-notch They wear better than the cashmere sweaters that are double their price. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash sustainable podcast for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash sustainable podcast to get free shipping and 365 day returns. One more time, quince.com slash sustainable podcast. And we're back. Before the break, we discussed the elephant in the room, the connection, the supposed connection between aluminum and cancer, between aluminum and Alzheimer's. If you missed it, spoiler alert, there's no conclusive evidence to state that aluminum causes either cancer or Alzheimer's. And now we're on to the natural deodorant craze. And I don't use the word craze lightly, but it does seem as though... In 2023, we're living in the world of extremes, right? So we all bought what was on the shelves. We assumed it was safe. We found out it wasn't. So now we're going to the other extreme, which is the natural movement. And the problem with that is that the cosmetic industry has caught on to our desire for more natural products. And so they're just taking the same products and they're just marketing them as natural. These days, and this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) Okay, maybe that's hyperbole, but it's pretty crazy. In preparation for this episode, I went to my local supermarket where I do all my shopping. It's Whole Foods, by the way. I went to the deodorant section to see what Whole Foods was selling. And one of the quote unquote natural deodorants on the shelf in big letters, I'm not going to tell you what brand, but it said microbiome friendly. (laughs) What on earth does that mean? I know the microbiome is getting an awful lot of attention lately, gut health, etc. What a big fat gimmick. And so natural deodorants, if it's truly natural, and it's not just saying natural to get the subset of crunchy consumers like you and me, Uh, If it's truly natural, they're typically using natural ingredients. So apple cider vinegar, sage, coconut to mask smells. They're definitely not clogging your sweat glands and reducing the amount of sweat you do. That would not be a natural deodorant. 
They do, however, and this is where it gets really interesting, is natural deodorants do often contain a fragrance. So if you see a product, I don't even know what to call it, a tube, I don't even know what that shape is of the traditional deodorant, but you see a, you see a tube on the shelf and you turn it over and you read the ingredients and then you see fragrance there. Well, let's not forget what fragrance is. It's a secret in the industry in which so many chemicals and perhaps toxins are fitted under this label. So they can write fragrance, but it can be up to 80 things. And you and me as consumers, we have no idea what the fragrance actually is. And so fragrances in both traditional and natural deodorants, that's what tends to cause the most irritation. But I just want to talk about pheromones here too. Pheromones serve as chemical messengers in animals. And we human beings, we may dress pretty, look pretty, live in houses, but at the end of the day, we're still animals. And so if you're on the dating scene, especially keep this in mind, pheromones can trigger a behavioral response in a member of the same species when secreted via sweat. So sexual attraction, mate selection, even danger signaling, but like specifically if you're on the dating scene, maybe you don't want to use a deodorant, whether it be natural or traditional. Maybe the pheromones would work in your favor. And I'm not saying go out you know, go on match.com, go out on all these dates and like be smelly. I'm not saying that, but I am saying that our natural aroma does play a part in mating and in mate selection. So just keep that in mind. Do what you will with that information. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it. Now, of course, you can make your own deodorant. And if you read my book, I give you a recipe to do so. There was a time in which I was regularly making my own Deodorant, it is the number one way to ensure that only the ingredients you want on your body are included in the product. The other benefit to making your own, of course, is that you can reuse an old container, a glass jar, perhaps cut down on waste. It's not hard to make your own natural deodorant. I'm not going to tell you how to do it right here. You can read my book or take it out from the library if you want to know more about that. I give a very simple recipe. You can find a simple recipe online. I will just say, however, that if you're going to make your own deodorant at home, I strongly suggest you buy those cardboard tubes for easy application. Ain't nobody wants to spoon their deodorant out of a jar and apply it on their arms. Nobody's got time for that. It's messy. It's white. It's not fun. That leads me to say that if you have to buy the empty cardboard tubes and if you have to buy the arrowroot powder or the zinc oxide, depending on the recipe you're using, the cost adds up quick. And if you're not sure that you're going to want to make multiple batches and use up the ingredients you just bought, then making your own deodorant, the DIY option, does venture into that wasteful territory. Now, again, I have made my own deodorant before. It's super easy. I did enjoy the process. It's basically just melting stuff down and putting it in the container and then letting it cool and harden. It's not hard. You do not have to be a rocket scientist to do it. But perhaps you don't have the time to do it. Perhaps you don't want to do it. And if that sounds like you, I totally, heck, I understand. I do not have time in my normal day to be making my own deodorant. 
I understand. And I've got you. And so now we're moving on to the bulk of today's conversation, which is really how to buy deodorant like a boss. Tip one, do not rely on the marketing. Rely on your brain. Remember that companies that manufacture personal care products have appallingly little safety accountability here in the United States. Companies do not have to submit safety data to the FDA before they market a product. If the company hears of an adverse effect from their product happening to someone in the general population who use their product, they do not have to report it. If FDA regulators on the off chance hear of an incident or of many incidents, they cannot demand to be allowed to inspect the company's records. They can only check the facility for visible flaws, like stuff they can see, like maybe mold. So I'm going to say all that in another way, just so I really drill down the point. Companies that create those creams, those soaps, and yes, those deodorants that we slather all over our bodies every single day, they do not have to follow standards. They do not have to submit safety data, and they do not have to report it if and when someone gets sick from their product. Full stop. So don't be fooled by labels that say natural, all natural, microbiome friendly, hypoallergenic, mom approved, non-toxic, heck, even vegan without a third party label, I'm going to say right here and now is a marketing gimmick. So that's step one. Don't rely on the marketing. Rely on your brain, on your knowledge, on your spidey sense even. And speaking of spidey sense, that brings me to tip number two. Stay away from what is known to be harmful. So turn the bottle over. The bottle, the tube, I still don't know what to call it. What do you call that shape? (laughs) But stay away from what you know is harmful. You know it's harmful because you've listened to me, you know, preach from my soapbox. (laughs) Soap, see what I did there? Uh, You've heard me preach about these things for years now. Because remember... We've all been trained to like be concerned about aluminum and deodorant, but deodorant also often has all those other ingredients that we should be staying away from. Number one, parabens. If it says paraben anywhere on the back of the bottle, I want you to stay away. Methyl paraben, butyl paraben, ethyl paraben, propyl paraben, like there's a lot of them. Parabens, they are a group of chemicals that prevent the growth of bacteria in cosmetics Many deodorants do not contain parabens, but some may. The FDA has, again, not found sufficient evidence that they cause harm, but many believe that, yes, parabens cause cancer. They are also endocrine disruptors. They mess with your hormones. They can cause weight gain. Same with the phthalates. Phthalates may damage your internal organs. They are very important to avoid if you're pregnant. Triclosan, this is another one. Triclosan is an antibacterial agent. It started out as a pesticide. Gross. Pesticides under our arms? Heck no. In 2016, fun fact, the FDA banned triclosan from soaps and body washes, okay? The FDA banned something, holy moly, and they banned it due to concerns that it could pose health risks like bacterial resistance or hormone disruption, again, an endocrine disruptor. Triclosan is also, again, very important to avoid if you're pregnant. So the FDA in 2016 banned triclosan from soaps and body washes, but not deodorant. So many deodorant brands have triclosan. Some are 
getting rid of it on their own, but products that contain triclosan would clearly have it listed on the ingredient label. So you can avoid it. And I suggest here and now that you do. There's some other items to avoid. I'll just go through them quickly. The PEGs, polyethylene glycol, propylene glycol, the TEA and the DEAs. I'm not going to go into why you should avoid them. Just trust me. I'm not going to go into it for time reasons. But again, avoid fragrance too, if at all possible. The combination of the underarms, thin and folding skin, as well as hair follicles, make this area, the armpit, the pit, more susceptible to irritation or an allergic reaction compared to, let's say, if you put that deodorant on your back. And so because the area is more prone to irritation, I suggest as a minimalist, less is more. I know we all want the floral smelling deodorant. Perhaps you consider an unscented version and the men listening, I know you want like the manly Old Spice scent. Perhaps you try an unscented version. Now let's talk about aluminum. What do I do with aluminum? I've already said what clinical studies say about aluminum, and they don't have much to say. For me, an effective deodorant is one that stops odors, is non-irritating, and leaves a minimal imprint on the environment. This means that for me, as a minimalist who is seeking to reduce the ingredients in my personal care products, while I am also reducing the overall amount of products I use, I do not need a product with aluminum chlorohydrate or aluminum zirconium or any other product with antiperspirant qualities. I'm not a heavy sweater either. I consider myself an average sweater. I operate under the less is more mindset, fewer ingredients over more ingredients. And that's why I personally choose to stay away from aluminum, even though there's no conclusive research stating that aluminum causes cancer or aluminum causes Alzheimer's. I always tend to, again, operate under the less ingredients over more. I also operate under better safe than sorry. And so I personally stay away from all antiperspirants because antiperspirants for me seem extra, excessive. I don't need it. So I told you what to avoid and what I avoid. What should you be looking for? Well, I'm going to give you my product recommendation in a minute. However, if you don't want to take my product recommendation and you want to go to the store and you want to look on the shelf, I suggest you're looking for products with arrowroot powder or shea butter or mineral clay or activated charcoal. Look for options that come in a paper tube as opposed to plastic casing. And the product recommendation I'm going to give you in a minute comes in a refillable tube. Yes, tube. What is it called? (laughs) And one more thing too, if you're listening right now and you're saying to yourself, Stephanie, you are so out of touch. You don't know what you're talking about. If I use those natural deodorants with the shea butter and the arrowroot powder, I am gonna stink. Well, just know that if you are one of the many people on this planet who sweat a lot or have a particularly strong body odor, know that... This is one of those cases in which perhaps a product is not what you need. Extreme body odor can often be managed by changes in your diet, first and foremost, and also by exercising more. So again, if you are an extreme body odor type of person, perhaps 
the solution for you is not in a product. Perhaps it's in a lifestyle change. Okay, now we're going to get to my product recommendation. And holy moly, we're past the 30-minute mark. (laughs) Who knew I had so much to say about deodorant? All right. I do not often give out product recommendations on this show because I do not want to promote consumerism. However, this is the brand that I use every day, and it does fit with almost all of the criteria I just laid out with you. And so I would be remiss if I don't mention it to you. Now, I also have to say, too, that I am an affiliate of this company. That means that if, after I tell you why I love this company, you decide to use my promo code, which is for 25% off, by the way, if you choose to use it, I will earn, let's say, a minuscule percentage of that sale, like $1. (laughs) Or maybe it's even 50 cents. I'm not going to go to the bank and, you know, (laughs) become rich off of all of you buying this deodorant by any means. But I want to be transparent and say that if you use my promo code, I'm going to get like a dollar from the sale. Okay. The brand I'm recommending to you is Wild. It is a UK-based company, but they do ship to the United States. And the pros of this deodorant, in my mind, are lengthy. So we'll go through the pros. We'll go through the one con I have. The pros to Wild, number one, is it's a clean company. It is rated green by the Environmental Working Group's Skin Deep database. That should tell you all you need to know. If you don't know what the EWG is, you got to go back and listen to my previous episodes. But it's rated Green by the EWG. That's number one. That means that when Wild's marketing says it's natural, it is actually natural. (laughs) It is also the only and truly only zero waste deodorant that I know of on the market. It comes in a refillable case or canister or tube or whatever you want to call it. And When you order, you order refill cartridges. These cartridges are super easy to insert into the case. So it looks like a normal stick of deodorant. And these cartridges, they come in cardboard. So if you're looking for a natural zero-waste deodorant that you don't have to make at home, this, in my opinion, is the best option out there. Now, it's certified vegan. So for the vegans out there, it is certified vegan. It doesn't just say it's vegan. It do, The formulation does not stain my clothes, which is a big deal for me personally. I will say that the site does push the subscription model. Everything's a subscription model these days, even deodorant, which is ridiculous to me. But I appreciate, and I'm putting this in the pros category for you today, I appreciate that Wild does allow you to purchase one-offs. I would totally recommend purchasing a one-off, especially if you're trying this for the first time and you're not sure whether Wild deodorant is going to work for you. Ain't nobody wants to get stuck or tied into a subscription service that doesn't work for them. So I appreciate that they allow the one-off purchasing. And then for my con, I have one con. And first of all, there's really no cons, but if I'm being super picky... I will say that some of their scents, so they have an awful lot of scents on their website, fragrances. So you you want to smell floral or you want to smell like Old Spice or whatever you want to smell like. They offer a lot of them. Some of their scents have ingredients within them that I'm personally not sure enough. I'm getting way better at reading product labels, but I'm still not a chemist. So I cannot say definitively whether I want them on my body or not. 
And so again, my personal guiding light is always to err on the side of caution. And so for me, I stand by Wild's unscented cartridges. I do not need to smell fancy. But if you do like to smell fancy, then Wild has plenty of scented cartridges for you. Now, if Wild doesn't sound up your alley, there are plenty of honorable mentions. I have not tried them, but I can stand by the fact that they are truly natural. Those honorable mentions, I'll list them in the show notes. Pretty Frank, Soap Walla, Ursa Major, and Primal Life Organics. So I'll link to all of them and Wild and my little affiliate code so that you get 25% off and I get like a dollar in the show notes. But my final word for you today is not radical or revolutionary. It is just to say that whether you buy traditional deodorant with antiperspirant or whether you buy natural deodorant or whether you make your own deodorant, whatever you're doing, just pay close attention to the ingredients and make sure you're comfortable with the ingredients within. The way you know whether you're comfortable is through listening to these really long (laughs) episodes about deodorant in which we're talking about triclosan and phthalates and aluminum. And so I so hope you learned something today. Before we say goodbye, I have a couple more things to say. Number one, I need eco tips and I need guests. I have a lot of people emailing me saying they want to be on my show. However, the quality of guests is really important to me. So if you know of an author or an influencer or I don't know, just somebody you think would be an excellent guest on this show, I trust your recommendations over some random PR person's recommendation. So please email me and give me the name or names of people that you think would be great to be on this show. Send me your topic suggestions as well. I'm kind of in a funk at the moment in which I just don't know what to talk about. And I know there's so much to talk about, but I need some motivation, I guess. So if you have a topic that you want me to cover, send it on over. And I will say too, we will be back tomorrow for headlines. And then on Tuesday, I am so unbelievably excited for my episode. We are talking, so we talked about lifestyle creep. We're talking about comfort creep on Tuesday's episode. Do not miss Tuesday's episode. Don't miss it. I'm just telling you now. So I'll see you tomorrow for headlines. Reach out if you need me. I so hope you learned something important today and take care.